0: can you hear that can you hear that they're getting closer it's the boys let's hear it for them i'm alex i'm justin and i hear them i'm pete pete you hear those boys pete you hear the boys you hear the boys let's hear it for the boys pete because on, we you're are young. Gonna,
1: uh, you're young. You have good hearing. You're part of Gen V.
0: <laughs> yes, we're all part of Gen V here because we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 2 of the new Prime Video Show, the spinoff of The Boys. The episode is titled First Day, which bothered Pete, I know, because it's actually the second episode. It's the already. second
2: day. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they already had a...
0: Well, the first day was orientation. The first episode was orientation. They were getting there, getting into their dorms. This is the first official day of classes, so yeah. okay. does that help?
2: Yeah. That helps.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you. I appreciate that.
0: All right. If you haven't seen the episode, it's live now on Prime Video, but uh, go watch it. We're going to talk about spoilers throughout the episode to give you a little bit of a recap. We are picking up on the big cliffhanger of the last episode at Godalkin University, a university for soups. It was the first generation that really knows that they were injected with compound V. They did not get their powers by God or nature or whatever. It was given to them by their parents who kind of suck. So regardless, (laughs) maybe this is um, caused by that or not. We don't know. This seems to be one of the central mysteries of the season. There's something called The Woods at Godalkin University messed with the brain somehow of Golden Boy, who was the golden boy of the college. He killed the former dean of the college, Brink, And then blew himself up, affects a bunch of characters a different way. Marie, who has the power of controlling blood, is moving up on the ranks. As we see in this episode, she gets hailed as the guardian of Godalkin. Also, Andre, who is slash was Golden Boy's best friend. He is investigating the mystery of exactly what went on and why Golden Boy killed himself finds out a little bit, but not a ton of information here, or at least gets pointed in the right direction. He also kind of misses out on his chance to be one of the guardians of Gdalkin, despite the fact that his father, Polarity, who is on the board of the school, is really pushing it very hard in this direction. We've also got Kate, whose power is to push People's minds to kind of control them to cause them to do things. She is the former girlfriend of Golden Boy. She's very torn up this episode, making a bunch of moves there. Tired. We've also got Emma, whose power is to get small. We found out that her power is caused by her throwing up. That's something that comes out this episode when she ostensibly makes a friend at acting class. Unfortunately, <sighs> friend betrays her with a video and tells everybody that she binges and that we need to be respectful. And she's pretty pissed off about that. So we ended a very dark place with her. Last but not least, we got Jordan, who is a non binary character who can switch from appearing male or appearing female. Also seems to be invulnerable. Stopped Golden Boy, or at least held Golden Boy back a little bit in the last episode, but is getting none of the credit for it. They're at number five on the rankings in the school and very frustrated about that. And we get a lot of other details and things from the world of the boys. We get an Ashley show up. Bork, played by PJ Burns, shows to up. Ashley. In a very fun cameo as well He's now teaching in an acting class That all said, uh, I know I do this a lot at the beginning of shows But I think it's always good to get to the temperature Because we're always very excited or intrigued by the pilot But now, second episode, mm-hmm. in my mind, that's really the proving ground That's the point when you're like, okay, does it It's sort of show, the first day It's the first ways. day, there <S laughs> you go It's <laughs> whether the show actually works So what do you guys think, Pete, given that you were annoyed about the title Did that waylay you the entire time, or did you like this episode?
2: No, I, I think I think this is fun. I think that uh well fun's not the right word. It's gross. There's a lot of gross things going <laughs> on and uh way over the top intense things, which is you know, what kind of the boy's bread and butter, if you will. Um mm. Yeah but but, blood, blood and butter.
1: Yeah. I mean know, it's I tough, love though. a dinner roll with a little spread of blood on it. You do you know, use your own or do you use
0: your blood boy? But well, well I mean,
1: you run out after a while from both blood boys. We could not. I call him Hank. His name's Hank. Alex, you've met him.
0: You you call him Hank. That's not his name,
1: but yeah, I don't know his name. He's my blood right.
0: boy, as everybody knows from frequent listeners of this podcast. You always you name your blood boy whatever his previous. Can we
2: stop, were. please? Can yeah. we stop? I like I don't I like so. Hank
1: because it's like thanks. So I always remember like uh, yeah. thanks Hank's for the blood. Uh, what
2: is that? You know, I I've seen uh, Airbender. I know that uh, if you control blood, that you're not a good person. You know what I mean? Like that's the dark arts. And so, Pete, I'm why a... are you
1: talking about another show? It seems unrelated to what we're talking. Oh!
2: About. <laughs> yeah, can we are back on
1: topic. <laughs> well, you, you get back on Oh man!
2: Taste of my Pete <laughs> own medicine. <sighs> Taste, of Taste of your own, own blood. Medicine. medicine. I'm just just trying to change the topic from. Blood, and yes, uh, from but you made and a, a huge stout. mistake in the <laughs> process. Huge. Why don't you go
0: back to talking about what you thought about this episode? It's okay, gross. Like to, gross. I'm trying. I'm Lying. trying. Yeah, something, it's something, bread and it's yeah, it's gross. It's
2: gross. It's gross. Totally gross. Uh, great use of nothing. Uh, nothing matters. Uh, that was an unbelievable choice mm-hmm. there. Um, but I, you know, I'm also. I'm pulling for a good to win somehow but it's uh yeah it's not looking uh, good. But man, I am you're watching I'm, the wrong television it. program. I'm enjoying it but man well, I'm very grossed out. Well, this is not to jump in front of your thoughts Justin, but
0: this is one of my major takeaways from this episode which I think Pete is going to have probably a problem with this entire season is this is much murkier and grayer I think mm-hmm. than the boys in a certain way like the boys always plays with that line and it's always about like Huey pushing on Butcher. Dewey and Louie. Yeah, Huey was Louie and Dewey. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's always about Huey pushing on Butcher and being like, hey, yep. do better. You can't be as bad as these. Yeah, so exactly. certainly that's something they play the with there. In the but mind. we still know, even if we're like, there's good in the seven and there's bad in the boys, we know which side we're on, even as right. everybody kind of moves back and forth. Here we don't know yet. Like the thing that I thought was really you're in the woods. I'm, you're on, the, I'm side of the, on woods. the side of the woods. <laughs> no, I think like in terms of focusing on our main characters, we clearly have Marie as our central character and identifying point.
2: But she makes a bunch of very bad that's choices. I, uh, she over, also murdered her parents and almost murdered her oh sister. God. You can't blame no. her for that. So I'm. it's hard to uh, be on her side sometimes. And I'm worried about like we're watching like the origin story of maybe one of the w- worst villains we might of be, all time. I think that's okay. kind we of the be. whole point is that who do they grow up to be? Do they grow up to be heroes? Do they
0: grow up to villains? Do they even yeah. want to be because this – entire school is set up as like – this is actually a question I was going to throw out to you guys. Do you think it's a uh, just general star metaphor? Do you think it's a sports-specific metaphor? What's happening here?
1: I think it's – I mean, it's both. It's the celebrity side of both of those, I think. But just – I mean, it makes sense the way you're talking about the way the boys is structured where it – goes from like, oh look, good guys, bad guys. And then it gets murkier as it goes on over the course of any season until it's like pure chaos. And this I just think like we're your gonna house. get Yeah, exactly. Well pure and like, chaos. like 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 you just saw my child run in. You yeah. know, when you become a parent your child can kill you at any time. It's part of the <laughs> so like, contract. It's a contract. Yeah, so like that's why whenever my kids walk in the room, I have to be like, huh, oh, oh, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> cool here.
0: I, when I put my kids, everybody when I put my kids to bed is what I was going
1: to say. <laughs> oh, Alex is vampire. Kids. Yeah, they have, they have night work. They're, they're blood boys. Yeah. So they're blood boys. They're uh, the yeah. original blood boy. Yeah. Uh, what, what I was up, saying though is blood boys. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking your blood, Alex. I'm uh, getting blood from Hank. Oh, uh,
0: okay, all right. I gotta. I, gotta their, I hate to tell down. you, Alex. I hate yeah, to tell well, you, Alex,
1: you're their blood boy.
0: What? Um, yeah.
1: And that's for being not a the- parentist. <laughs> Thanks for
0: tuning into our parenting podcast. Let's hear it for the boys or girls. Let's see. <laughs> oh,
1: that's nice. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying though is, while um, the boys got had the simple sort of classic superhero teams metaphor, and got murkier on both sides. This is, I think, going to be the flip where it's murky, but we're going to get toward these these kids becoming heroes mm-hmm. for the most part. I bet there's going to be a villain in a in the mix here, but I think it's leading toward. It makes sense because there is this central mystery and sort of a a spine for them to follow. Not the oh. chunk of spine that you find on the sidewalk when you're um, underneath Golden Boy's explosion place, right? But I think yeah. sometimes when you're walking
2: and you see a chunk of your old buddy, it really stops you in your tracks and you go the other way. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Turn around. I would also say though that like would you
0: pick that up uh, if you saw that like if you saw a chunk of your buddy in the sidewalk? No, would you, no.
1: You what just do you mean? leave, you just leave it there. You'd leave it there for like a, a pizza rat to eat along <laughs> with a piece of pizza.
0: Wow. Wait, seriously? I mean, you you wouldn't pick it up? Like go get a tissue or something? Maybe that's what Andre was doing. He was going into Brink's office to get a tissue to pick up the piece of Golden Boy.
1: Uh, just, Alex, piece of advice. I would get something stronger than a tissue if you're picking <laughs> up, of course. It's going to go right through a classic clean-up. It's Very thin. You're going to be like, ah, oh, my hand's covered so, with um, yeah, golden blood. This show I guess is I'm,
0: basically a bounty commercial
2: is what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it, you're like, the towel, truly, it up to pick up truly. a chunk of your buddy. Oh, my God. I, I had something to say, but you assholes really ruined it. Uh, no, I think to, to your point a little bit about the murkiness of the show, it's hard because there are so many things going wrong on so many levels, right? Where the you know this whole system is a lie, the ranking is awful, and you have these people getting caught in in, in horrible ways. I mean, the nine binary character they had an unbelievable ranking, but because of their power and because of you know what they can do, which. You know, uh, you don't get to choose, you know, it, it's not as popular. So they kind of it's it's just awful to see all well, the failings, you know,
1: I think that's what they're talking about is the sort of inherent uh, inequities and flaws in any system. But it's also like. It's all built on this lie that like everyone wants to get on the seven, this team of heroes, when we know from the boys that they're all basically messed horrible. up flawed yeah. nightmares, mm-hmm. many of them sociopathic or a couple of them sociopathic villains. So I'd say a lot of them, There's yeah. always this inherent flip here, but I think the point of this is it feels like these characters are rising to the occasion because of this mystery that they want to solve. And that was, that's what this episode is all about, I feel like, is them sort of becoming and getting deeper involved in this, from Kate to Andre. Marie, a little bit less, but I feel like she's going to get there.
0: Well, I think, so to get back to what I was saying about her being the central character, I think what's probably happening here is we're getting a little bit of the refusal of the call type thing going on, yeah. where yeah. she literally is like, nope. I don't want any part of this. I don't know yeah, you guys. I don't want to pose want...
2: for your selfie. You know what I mean? Like, well, not I even don't... the pose for the selfie,
0: but, like, the thing where she's telling Andre, thing. I went out with you guys one night. Like, I do not, yes, Golden Boy rained chunks down on me, but at the same time, I don't need to get involved in your mystery of what happened or anything like that. I need to keep, I'm got a second chance. She gets in the crime fighting program, which is what she wanted. She is a star. She's rising up the ranks. She's positioned to be in the seven. She obviously gets a huge knockback here when she finds out that her sister doesn't want to see her, or at least that's what she's told uh, right before she goes on air with her interview. But a lot of this makes a lot of logical sense from her part. But to your point, Justin, I do think I hope we're going to get some turn over the course of the season where she goes from "Well, that's lead me out of this thing to, okay, I got to be a hero in some way. Uh, just the last thing I got to say, the thing that was very surprising to me was it seems like Andre is leading that charge who is not yeah. who I would have expected for the first episode or the first half of the episode, but he seems to be our main investigative dude right now, which is interesting. Yeah. That's all. We're, it's good. It's reluctant, your
2: favorite. Reluctant leader. Oh, I, the problem is... I want a little hope. Like I know life is very shitty and awful and all the failings of the world and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when I'm watching a TV show, I want at least a little glimmer of hope or a little bit of like, Hey, these people will hopefully write the ship or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's hard when there, there isn't that, you know what I mean? And, and it's yet, you know, we're only two episodes in here. Uh, so, um, even though it's the first day, but I just think it's one of those things where, Give me a little something to root for, somebody to cheer for, you know, because even the reluctant asshole is still a fucking complete douche. You know what I mean? And I love him as an actor. Andre? Uh, Yeah, Andre. Um, You know, Sabrina, it was unbelievable. He killed it. He does a great job in this, but it's like, uh, give me, I need a little something to hold on to. I will say really quickly, it was very funny to see Jazz
0: Sinclair, who plays Marie, and Chance Perdomo, who plays Andre, doing that photo shoot in the middle because it was like, you did that a million times for Supreme. They've been on that before. Exactly.
1: That's great acting. Well, Pete, I would also say there's a there's enough hope in here. It's just very tiny sparks, and I think the boys Tiny is trying... chunks
2: of hope that are flying yeah. through the air. And exactly,
1: maybe to... and when you find a tiny, tiny chunk of hope, you got to pick it up with a, a bounty, quicker picker-upper, uh, so that you don't get a chunk on your hand.
0: And now to our commercial break.
1: But, oh, that wasn't it. Uh, But I think the the Marie's path is sort of mirroring Starlight from the boys' show. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they even say, like, um, she's the Black Starlight at the end. Yeah,
0: she's either going to crash and burn or she'll become the Black Starlight. I'll throw something else out to you that I've been kind of mulling around a little bit while watching the show. And I think it uh, crystallized a bit when we're talking about it here is the... The way that college shows – we talked about this before this even launched, but the way that college shows usually go, they're, it's tough when you get a teen show and move it into the college years or when you start a college show. There's been some very good ones, but they don't last very long because you don't really have those emotional highs, and it's not quite as clear as what's happening, what the arc is as a high school show. I think what they're kind of playing with very effectively in this show – is people looking back on what college actually is. And what I mean by that is when you have high school, it's all promise. You're like, what can my life be? It could be absolutely anything. And the way that most college shows play it, and I think the way we kind of feel it at least a little bit, or at least I certainly felt it in college, is that same sort of thing. Like, ah, this is promise. I'm deciding something, but there's the whole world is open for my major. If you decide your major or the whole world, I could do literally anything. And then you get out there in the job force, very different thing, a very different way of hitting it. And I think this is people who have been through that, looking back at that. And you have these characters like, I could be anything. And the people who are writing this are older, like, no, 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 no. Some of you are not going to be on The Seven. Some of you are just going to be like acting on Riverdale or acting
2: on like original things. Yeah, that was, thing or yeah prize. Prize. That, that was a fun shout out to Riverdale. Come on. That was a
0: consolation prize. It's you minored con- in murder, that though, Alex. That would be Alex. peak. Yeah, I
2: you know, I mean, Riverdale is an unbelievable
1: show.
0: What are we talking about? I minored come in on. murder with a major and being a blood boy. So, yeah.
1: Wow. Really diversify. Give yourself two pads. Yeah,
0: I ultimately uh, didn't end up using either, just to be clear.
1: I I think you'll find as we discover that you did. Uh, What I was going to say is what I like about this episode, and like you're saying, the pilot is always sort of its own thing, and then the series really begins in the second episode. This episode I thought was much funnier. A lot of great Mm -hmm. classic boys' style, like throwaway joke lines, and it sets its focus and criticism and satire on the media for a lot of this and the way that like institutions shape the way that people are and you just have the character like Jeff who I thought the guy in the crutches who I thought was just super funny like being such a like monster but doing it in a way where we laugh and then the the person conducting the interview or producing it was named was her name Courtney Fortney uh Did anyone I else think care? so I was like yo <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some that's a big choice
0: yeah that dialogue was really good the whole way that she was delivering the thing like we're uh, we're kind of product testing Guardians of Gadalkin. Even as I'm saying it, it sounds like there's too many syllables. Like all of that stuff, it sounded like PR folks, and it was very good. Um yeah. I also on the same note, I know I mentioned this earlier. Love PJ Bird. Great to see him as oh. the whole scene in the acting class where he hated oh, it that was just... so much. It was great. But the line towards the beginning, which I, I didn't write down, but the thing where he's like, I know you're all feeling this tragedy right now, and you're feeling like this is inappropriate and we shouldn't be doing this. You're wrong. This is when the artists are most important. And that's, yeah, that's what they do, man. They come out and they say, they do that.
1: That's well. And that's like the sort of the density of the writing here. It's like him being a dick, but saying something that's, you know, sort of vaguely true that you could hear in an acting class, potentially. Then you have somebody saying that he showed his dick to Minka Kelly, and that's why he's stuck at being a professor. Then he's like, how did I get here? And sort of a joke, but also this guy's on his last legs. And then he says, bring the funk, not the junk. Which I was <laughs> like, what? what a roller coaster ride of truly like 60 seconds of a scene was just like four jokes, wins, losses all over the place. It's just a really I, I love the writing in this show.
2: But what's also tough is like we get to see Ashley and uh, that guy, the acting teacher who we remember from the thing, and we're like, oh great, I know these guys. But then it's like, oh yeah, they're awful too, you know. And it's like, uh-huh. what are you
1: looking for a hero here, Pete? I'm, lo- I'm
2: searching. I'm searching. You're holding, oh. for holding out, would you say for a hero? Yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, I'm going
1: to send you to some old, like late 1930s Superman cartoons. That might be more your speed right now. Mm-hmm. All right,
2: great. Uh, I would like to say though the the use of the Jumanji joke, the setup and execution, you were and, love that. and then like yeah. later you hear him yell Jumanji, like, oh, that was just that was magic. It that was, was as soon as they set
1: that up, I yeah. was like. Oh, we're going to hear Jumanji <laughs> later. On. That's just, you know, when you know they it's good to, setup. They
0: shot okay, that perfectly, the, too, perfect, for anybody yeah. for anybody who uh, forgot what happened in this episode. So you got this douche character who is making fun of Kate at the memorial or whatever it is for Brink and Golden Boy, kind of making fun of Golden Boy a little bit. She's not quite sure what she hears. And ultimately, he's, he's wearing basically, I, I couldn't read it, but it's clearly like a MAGA hat. But for superhero stuff, like it's the red and white hat. Uh, and then she pushes him and she's like, hey, you're going to get and find a big baseball bat and hit yourself of the nuts every hour on the hour and yell Jumanji. And like we're talking about, like the way they filmed that, it was just you don't even see him in the shot until the very yeah. end. And he's all the way in the back and walks in and hits himself of the nuts. Perfect. Perfect. Nut and shot. yells Jumanji. Perfect shot. Perfect nut shot.
1: that's what i call a perfect can we talk about some
0: of the more serious storylines though like emma's in particular she's going through it this episode i felt so bad for her
1: well it seems like her her role here is like she started off sort of like fine uh but she's really slipped down into just bad things happening over and over again for her and you hate to see it but like She's setting up to be part of the the team, I think, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that was nicely done about this, we talked a little bit about how they're playing off of issue-driven storylines on the show in a very specific way. And despite the fact that the first episode was like, yeah, she throws up, but it's not. Binging and purging, or anything like that. This episode was like, No, it is though. Like, whatever she's saying yeah. about it at the end, she throws up because she feels bad. So, clearly, there's some deep psychological stuff going on there. And, same thing with Marie and the self harm,
1: yeah. where we get that montage at the end where they sort of yeah. put it all right next to each other yeah, to just I was be so very worried. clear. Oh, that so everyone's using about- their powers to hurt themselves.
2: Ugh. yeah.
0: Um, Which I think you got to do like you got to dive into that metaphor and you got to really deal with this stuff and then figure out, you know, to be clear, if there are people who binge or purge, if they have disordered eating or if they self-harm, there's not necessarily like a quick fix or an easy fix. And I don't imagine the show would be like – and they're cured. The end. You know, that's yeah. not what happens and that's not what should happen. But to deal with that as an ongoing thing and figure out responsible ways of doing it while well, you still have chunks of people flying out and crotches getting ripped open so you can find secret phones and things like that. That's great. Like, that's a great place for um, a superhero show to live. And um, – I'm excited about it, even if it's kind of
2: tearing my heart out. I'm a a little worried about it because it is such a, you know, it's a huge topic and, you know, uh, you know, I don't want it to be a punchline or a joke or a thing, you know? So I'm just worried about how it's going to all go down in such, because this is such a dark place. This, I mean, the woods is awful. There's so many triggering awful things in the show. So I'm, I'm worried about walking that tightrope, uh, you know what I mean?
1: Well, what I like about this show is that it's not – I think it's very much not using it as a punchline. A lot of other times things like this are referenced, specifically like characters cutting themselves. It is a very one note. You just see it and it's sort of a shorthand to be like yeah, this person. Never, yep. or Or it's just like you just – it's just their whole character is that. And I think the point here is like whatever has brought these characters to this – there are individual places where they're harming themselves took a long time to get there. It's a, like deep seated trauma and difficulties they've had for a long time. And they're not just going to turn around and walk right out of it because they have a win here. It's going to take, you know, the time to walk back away from that, that choice and that, that the way that they're treating themselves. So I think that's a really smart way of doing it.
0: And I'd point out as an example of something that worked well over in The Boys, the sexual assault of Starlight, which was not dealt with well in the comic book, but something that they treated the way that it should be treated beyond the first episode with Starlight and really dealt into it and have never forgotten about it. We've talked a lot about how the deep, hilarious how he keeps getting knocked down a peg, but he's never really had a a redemption arc and neither should he um so i think they're aware of this stuff so i i feel like not to get into lingo or anything but i feel like the franchise has built up enough goodwill at this point for me to follow them on this journey and see how they deal with it um and if they can't deal with it in a deep
2: way for these characters i think that's going to be really interesting i I mean i didn't like the way you used the deep there but other than that i i hope you're right Mm. Mm. Uh,
1: what do we think about the moment where Marie makes the choice that she does, where she chooses to take credit for that? Like it really, yeah, builds that was up. tough. We, that
2: was, but you you understood what was going on. Like she got her bell rung with that blonde lady, you know, uh, you know, talking about her family and everything, and like that whole kind of realization that like. The sister doesn't want anything to do with her. And I love, I think they're doing a good job with that. Like, they're not just going to kind of make it like, oh, yeah, she forgives you and everything's great, you know, because I feel like, you know, if your sibling murdered your parents, it would be a tough thing to get over. So I'm glad that they're kind of dealing it with that. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, the sisters can find a nice way to kind of get back together, at least. I get over it. If if my brother murdered my parents, I feel like I get over it. You were hard. like, "Oh, I get it, dude. Yeah. They were yeah. they were pretty annoying." Yeah, it's all right. You're like, it's "You cool. go to bed at 8. Capool <laughs> blood powers. You go to bed at 8."
0: The worst yeah. thing a parent could say. <laughs> that's the, a pretty
1: decent bedtime.
2: Yeah, I like, just to talk a little. <laughs> Look like at you, you're outside of big parents over there.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, Just to talk a little bit more about this storyline. So this is part of a bigger thing where now that Brink is out of the way, we got this new dean who is stepping up, who has a lot of interest in Marie and seems to be trying to mentor her in some way. But she also very clearly we get to see the woods this episode. We get to see the big revelation as we find out um, that the kid is Sam who is in there. Um,
1: who is... um, Golden Boy's brother, right? Golden Boy's brother, who is supposed to be dead
0: yes exactly so she knows a lot of stuff ashley also knows a lot of stuff as we find out in the phone call at the beginning so there's a lot of murky secret stuff going on here and definitely with the look that she gives at the end when marie fronts her and says did you know did you know about my sister she says no i didn't they embrace and then we can see the dean's face and it's clear yes she did know so she's manipulating marie and using her in some way to what end we don't necessarily know yet um but Interesting stuff going on there, I think. Dramatically,
1: yes, Pete. Dramatically, yeah. I you had a don't question. Did you guys?
2: Did you guys think it was a little much to uh, have uh, the kind of like secret be in the cock part of the statue? You know what I mean. When you open up the cock of the statue, you know, to get the, mm-hmm. the secret kind of info, I felt like you know the foot would have been fine, or you know what I mean. Like,
1: well, there's a long tradition of pirates hiding gold in the cock.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, see, I didn't so know I that. So I think that's no, the... Yeah, it's that's a the job reference. of the coxswain. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Pete? <laughs>
1: Why are you mad about it, Pete? You brought it up.
2: <laughs> I, I just felt Jumanji.
1: like... It
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Golden Boy... I, I wanted something a little more out of that, to be honest. Like, the idea that Golden Boy somehow... Opened up got, the cock of his statue? Taped a thing at his cell phone. Yeah, opened up... The crotch put the phone in there, closed and up the closet, so looked perfect. Yeah. And then they open it up and take it out, and he's like, Bad things in the woods, see you later. And that was pretty yeah. much the whole of the it message. It wasn't that
1: big of a deal. Message There right. were other ways to hide that message, but I gotta say, if Golden Boys had flame powers, basically, I mean, it makes sense. The crotch would have been the easiest spot on the statue for him to melt and then reform the in a spot? way that it looked. I think so, just uh, sort of a the like head, a, like a bump. you know what
2: I mean? Like the yeah, with the, with the head,
1: you got. You can't re-sculpt the face. With the crotch, the, you're just I, making it I a whole kind new... of
0: agree with Pete about the foot, though I guess you could have destabilized the statue then. <laughs> Doing it in the crotch, that's right in the middle. That's the best sense of balance. So even if you melt it a little bit, the top's not going to fall down. The bottom's not going to fall down. That's why the crotch just is saying, I
2: just feel the like once you body. open a crotch, it's hard to put it back together. You know what I mean? Put that. That's, put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah,
1: that might as well go on your tombstone, dog.
2: <laughs> that's not what I want uh, on my tombstone.
1: It's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, too late. I already called the guy. we <laughs> having shared. We have a shared grave. Uh-huh. Yeah, a
2: sh- shared
1: plot. <laughs> no shared grave. I said yeah. it. I meant it. When I said oh, wow. shared grave. Yeah, dump stack those guys
0: em. in together. Just stack them. They're the first person who first trio that died of simultaneous podcast
1: really wow yeah. It died yeah, at the same time in three separate areas amazing
0: uh got a yes, shout Justin. out
1: uh thimble dick nickname unlocked there really nice uh i like the henchman bit of like hey bob i'm Greg." very yeah, funny yeah, like man. just only just a goofy joke yeah. uh very great uh the siegfried and roy uh mix up that we get in there just a lot of great jokes
0: uh Two things that I'll shout out that I thought were good. Uh, one, I love the no looky Lose" sign that has Black Noir going, uh-uh-uh, throughout the yes. secret parts of the campus. Very fun. And the ending I thought was interesting as well. Like we talked about, yes. Andre is investigating, but Kate comes and saves him. And immediately she's pushed her powers too far and seems to go into a seizure another good cliffhanger here. Definitely the sort of yeah. thing that I'm like, yes, I 100% want to watch the next episode and see what happens. I am clearly invested in these characters.
2: But I was just like, I was like, you don't have to give such weird details when you're using your powers. If you could do something a little shorter and not so sexual, you know, it might, you know, helps. You know, I was just uh, like, yeah. look at
0: look at uh, teacher Pete, professor Pete yeah. over
1: here. It's like you don't have to sometimes that's just so, the first thing that comes into your brain in an extreme situation.
0: People. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you Turn want to flashlight into-, into a cock and then suck that cock. And
1: then, uh, there you go. Uh, there was more to that, Alex, but I'll <laughs> let you, uh, we'll say that offline.
0: <laughs> cool, man. Any other notes for the episode
2: before we start to wrap up here? The, uh, the kind of mentor, like that hug and like seeing her do like, make like such a super villain face on the side was just so unsettling like mm. the cre- great use of a creepy hug is my point yeah yeah before we wrap
0: up here though let's talk about who was best boy who was best boy in this episode Justin
1: you got an answer there I I gotta give it up to Kate I really uh, thought she was great in this episode definitely I didn't expect her to become sort of a, a part of the the good guy team in such a big way We'll see. I don't know if uh, that she'll continue, given what happened to her at the end of the episode. But I thought she was great. Great last minute uh, re- uh, resurgence. She's just clutch. All that.
2: Pete, what about I, you? I have boy? to say, uh, Emma, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a little worried about her story and uh, she's taken a lot of L's, but I'm hoping she's going to turn and get some W's going. I'm going to give it up to Andre in this episode.
0: I think he's... Of course. Andre 3000 well, of or course, the Andre
2: in the... Andre oh. in the episode. Oh, okay.
0: That yeah. makes sense. I mean, in general, Andre oh, 3000. That makes, Andre, yeah, that makes 3000. sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Andre in the episode, he's the one who makes the right decisions, ultimately. He's feeling very uncomfortable and not sure, but he starts to investigate. He turns away from the promotional opportunity, investigates Brink's office. He makes the moves to go find out what's going on in the woods. He's taking some bold, rash choices, but at least... To the point, to the thing that you're concerned about, Pete, he's acting like a hero, unlike anybody else. So Let's help we'll help. see. We'll see if he inspires the rest of the gang. And we'll see if we inspire you to support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. To Facebook and YouTube, come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the voy- boys. Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live. On Twitter slash X Comic Book Club Live, on Instagram at TikTok.com. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, the boys. I hear them. I hear them coming. Oh, oh <laughs> Lord. The boys.
1: Hey, Hank, yeah, I need a pint. Load it up, Blood Boy.